What is the flipping story, home slices, home skillets? What's going down? Um, here, the island is on a mad one today. Absolutely mad. Um, I'm looking out at the Atlantic Ocean like I always do. And it is... It's frightening. <laughs> it's actually frightening. The winds that are blowing on the island today are just incredible. The whole house has just been wrapped in this kind of stormy wind all day. I'm looking out at all of the gorse and the the little bushes around the place and they're just going insane. White flecks of of water just dancing out in the ocean and there's just spray, ocean spray everywhere. The wind is hitting off of the waves and blowing up this mad spray everywhere. It's it's class. It's really, really cool. Uh, it's well, it was. It's cool that I'm inside my fucking nice warm gaff while I'm recording this and, and not, uh, you know, facing the elements. Uh, I will be going out later though, for sure. I'll be going out to the beach just to really catch some of that wind. Um, but, whoa, the power... The power of the wind um, on the island today is just mad. It's Valentine's Day. Today, yeah? St. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Um, do you know what, right? About Valentine's Day, there's a, there's a really interesting point about Valentine's Day because for ages I was part of that that band of people that said Valentine's Day is just made up to sell cards and sell chocolates and roses and and all this kind of stuff just made up by these companies to you know get money out of us right i thought about that and homies i I let you in on a secret everything is made up (laughs) every single thing in our lives nearly is made up by the collective human imagination halloween made up saint patrick's day made up Easter, made up. Christmas, made up. They're all figments of the collective human imagination. They're they're all common imaginations that we all, you know, give some credence to, right? Like, even the words that I'm using right now were were part of the human imagination. These These are all words that people thought of. And structures and sentence structures that people thought of. 15,000 years ago, we didn't speak like this. They were invented through imagination. You know, even Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all made up. Even the calendar we use to keep track of time, the Gregorian calendar, was made by Gregorian monks. It's, it's made up. It was made in, in, 18, in sorry, 1582. You know what I mean? And yet... We still think of this as the 14th of February 2021 because those boys back then made that calendar. You know what I mean? They made it up. It's it's a fantastic, fantastic invention and we still use it to this day because it was so class. You know, we have our leap years and stuff like that and we give it, we give an extra day every four years or whatever the case may be to keep us kind of on track. But that's literally the best we can get it to. And that's all part of the collective imagination. If I said to, to somebody today, here today is uh, Sunday the 14th of February 2021. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. I don't know why you're telling me that, but yeah it is. Because they believe it too. 
they believe that that is the day, the date, the time, whatever the case may be, and, and I believe it as well. That's the collective imagination, you know? Something that's incredibly interesting to me is um, one particular element, one particular, you know, collective imagination that we hold on to is just so universal and so powerful, right? And that collective human imagination is money, right? I was thinking about this the other day. Money is just one of the most powerful, universal, and all-encompassing collective human imaginations, right? So basically, we've all just basically said that these pieces of paper and these little pieces of metal, you know, are valuable. They're worth they're worth real things. So like if I wanted to buy firewood, which is a real thing, that's not made up, that's not imaginary. That's just something that, you know, grows on this planet, right? And I want to exchange and I want to get some of that. I can exchange p- paper for it like I can I can exchange a couple of coins and paper for it if I if I want it like you know what I mean, you know, because the other person that I'm dealing with also buys into the fact that this this piece of paper and these bits of metal have value, and like it crosses so many barriers that we you know what I mean that cannot be crossed by anything else. It crosses social barriers religious barriers, cultural barriers. Like, for example, right, the Iberian Peninsula, which is now, like, you know, Spain and Portugal, like, you know, and stuff. Like, there was there was a lot, you know, there was Christians and Muslims living there. And they each had their own, their own kind of mo- money, really, if you want. They had, they had the same money, they were pr- but there was things printed on the coins, right? And the Christians had the cross printed on the coins. But yet... A Muslim woman or man would accept these Christian coins, these coins with the cross for Jesus Christ on them. They would accept that for 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 uh, for, for services and for for goods. They would accept accept those. It crossed that barrier where, like, people were literally cutting each other's heads off and like killing each other because of you know I am Christian or I am Muslim. They'd, they'd easily accept the money with the with the sign of the other fucking religion on it. Do you know what I mean? It crossed so many barriers in the in the fucking collective human imagination, and that and that's the point that I'm trying to make about about Valentine's Day, right? This is another thing that's just it's just fucking made up. It's made up, and it's part of this collective human imagination that we you know we attach certain feelings and actions and rituals to it, you know. The rituals of buying roses and chocolates and doing all of these things. But you know what? Instead of like being part of that group of people now this year. This is going to be, it's very biased because, you know, I, I'm biased because, you know, I have somebody to share Valentine's Day with this year. You know what I mean? But anyway, instead of being part of this 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 collective that says here Valentine's Day is just fucking made up. I'm just going to accept everything's fucking made up like, you know what I mean? So it's it's all about what you attach to it and I'm not going to attach negativity to it. I'm not going to attach negativity to it that Hallmark just wants my fucking cash for Valentine's Day card and whatnot, you get me? I'm just going to attach that. If this is an opportunity for me to reflect on my partnership, to to reflect on my relationship, 
then fuck it, I'll take it, like, you know what I mean, <laughs> I'll take it, I'll use it, and if my, you know, if my girlfriend wants to get dressed up in a nice dress and have dinner with me, fuck it, I'll take that too, you know what I mean, so, you know, Valentine's Day is made up, but literally everything is made up, lads, do you know what I mean, <laughs> lads and gals, everything's fucking made up, you know what I mean, if you think about it, you know, even what you're list- using to listen to this, you know, podcast right now, was once part of somebody's imagination, and they made it into a real thing, a phone, a laptop, headphones, you know what I mean, they were all part of the the, the human imagination, and we just accept them as things now, but you know, they were just imagination, uh, you know, at one point in time in their lives, like, you get me, so anyway, that's my um, 8 minute and 45 second rant on, on Valentine's Day being yet another imaginary thing in our lives, but anyway, uh, quite interesting, I think. I, 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 if, if I want, I would love to do a podcast all about the collective human imagination. I think it would be fucking class. Um, yeah, if I, if you want me to do a podcast on the collective human imagination, I've done an awful lot of thought and an awful lot of reading on the subject. So, um, yeah, if, if you're, if you're interested in all that kind of madness there that I was just spouting, let me know. You know, send me an old message, Connor listen to the podcast, really like the idea of the Collective Imagination podcast, let's give it a lash, you know what I mean, I will. But this is episode number 13 of Flip the Script, right, and this is very, very strange because um, I was superstitious of the number 13, you know, I, I, was, I was very superstitious, as Stevie Wonder would say, Um. And, you know, 13-month-old baby, you know, that kind of madness. So, 13 for me was actually a huge opportunity for me to flip the script. And I actually did this ages ago. Well, not ages ago. When I was living in Canada there, 2016, 2017, I decided, I was like, fuck this, like, you know what I mean? This this number is causing me so much stress, right? As in, like... If I was working out, I could never do 13 reps or something. Even if I was going to actually fucking die to get the 14th out, I would actually, like, fucking keel over nearly to try and get a 14th rep out because I didn't want to end on 13 reps. I, don't, I just, you know, I just had it in my head, like, you know, I wouldn't drive around in the car with the volume on 13 or with the, the TV with volume on 13. Nothing on volume on 13, actually, to be honest with you, you know what I mean? I just wouldn't fucking, you know, 13 was just not in my life, and I just didn't want it to be in my life. You know? Anyway, so what I did in, in, in Canada was, I said to myself, like, right, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm not only going to make number 13 not, you know, not unlucky, I'm going to make it lucky. So I was looking for where I could have 13 in my life from then on. So then, so then, like, if I'm letting it in, and not only letting it in, but searching for it and looking for it and, like, doing purposely, you know, sets of 13 reps or whatever the case may be, or I'm purposely letting the volume on 13, then when 13 would come into my life, you know, naturally or whatever, like, I'd, you know, look at the phone and it would be the 24-hour clock and it would be, you know, 13 minutes past one. So 13, 13, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's good luck. You know what I mean? Whereas before I was like, oh, fuck's sake, why did I have to check the fucking phone at 1313? Like, is it going to be, you know, bring me bad juju? Like, you know what I mean? Bad luck. Like, you know, no. No, when I looked at it, I'd be like, fuck it. Yes. 1313, business. Delighted. I might go out and have a run. No, just, just because of that. 
You know what I mean? Because it's going to be class. Anyway. So I just flipped the script on my own fucking interpretations of number 13. So I'm hoping that the 13th podcast will be flipping great. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm going to do, right? You know, is I'm just, I just, I just changed my view on it. So I, I'm now really looking forward to how the 13th episode is going to be taken. You know? So the last episode, episode 12, 50, 50 failure. Jesus, a lot of people... A lot of people messaged me about that episode, right? And they said to me, they were like, it's actually, it's difficult for me to think of failure in that way sometimes, you know? And Jesus, homies, it's been so hard for me to form my own um, ideas around success around success and failure, failure especially. And like sometimes even success, you know? having good things happen and and seeing them as a product of good work and, you know, a product of me living my life properly and not just luck, you know what I mean? Where it's so easy for us to fucking just say to ourselves, ah, yeah, sure, look, I was lucky, I was lucky, I was lucky all the time, lucky, 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 aren't I lucky, aren't I lucky? No, you're fucking, you're putting in the graft. When when you have, when you are, let's say, quote-unquote, lucky, right? Let's say you've had success. When you have that success... There was a point in time along that road to that success where you had the opportunity to either lean into it, do the work to get it and make it manifest, or let it slip and and not do that. So you had that you had that opportunity at one point in time to kind of choose whether you wanted to fucking go for it or not. So when you go for it and you get the success from it, you, that, at that point in time, at, that, at that, that critical juncture, you fucking said, here boys, I'm going all in here, like, you know what I mean? I am absolutely going for it, like, and I'm not going to take no for an answer, I'm not going to just fucking lay down and die, I'm not going to, you know, let this one fucking slip away, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to, like, absolutely smash it out the park, like, you know what I mean? I'm going to absolutely babe Ruth it, like, you know what I mean? Heave it out. You know, home run city, like, you know. So, fair play to you. You know, if you're having that success in your life, there was an opportunity for you to not have that success as well. Do you get me? So, fucking live it, like, you know, and love it. And and don't be thinking, oh, I'm lucky. You know, you're, if you're having that success, like, in and around that time, that where you could have, you could have just fucking let it slip, you didn't, and you fucking, you know, you gave it your, you gave it your all, so fair play. And... I'm telling you, like, you know, it's very strange because, as most of you probably know who are listening to this, you probably follow me on Instagram, the, um, the, the, the week just gone, I did my marathon PB attempt, now this is something that's been building over the last four or five weeks, and um, I, I was meant to do it on this weekend, thank God I didn't, because it's actually blowing a gale outside, like, it is redonkalonk weather outside, and I just said, you know, I'm going to just go for it. So I, I woke up on Wednesday morning, and um, my girlfriend said to me, she goes, here, like, it's really calm outside. Like, I think, you know, today could be the day for your marathon. I was like, hmm. So I went outside, and I walked around the gaff, and I just could feel it, like, in the air. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. So I, I went back inside, ate a bit of food did my mobility work and got out on the road and then when I got out on the road and I started running 
fucking hell i got i got such a shock because it started like blowing heavy wind so it started blowing really heavy wind at the very very beginning like and i was like two kilometers in and i was like this is a windy ass day this is way windier than i thought it was now the thing is i went to the other side of the island for this little walk so it might have been more sheltered or something like that and i was right next to dugart beach and, and across this kind of plains really um, that I was running in, so I was getting hit with this wind straight away, so I really had to fucking wrap a noose around my brain, and, and kind of tie it down and go, hold up a second now, you've fucking planted this fucking flag in the ground now that you are going to run this 42 kilometers, right, and you're going to actually do it today, so what I said to myself right then and there in that in that three kilometers in was, I said, you're only here now to do your best 42 kilometers. That's all that you are here for. It's not about the best 42 kilometers that you can do with no wind or the best 42 kilometers you can do with wind. It's just, Connor, let's just do our best 42 kilometers and see what happens. That's what I said. It's like, look, we're here to do the best 42 kilometers. And that, and that means taking into everything into account about the day, the temperature, the wind, everything. Right, because I can't control those elements. What I can control is my performance and my performance within those parameters. You know what I mean? So I said, I'm just going to give it my all, my best forty-two k, and we'll see where it goes. And man, it was a fight. It was an absolute dog fight, like really and truly, like the wind and especially going uphill. There was only about two hundred and fifty-five meters of climb throughout the marathon. I don't know if that's a lot or a little, it, it felt like a lot of times, and it felt like a little at times too, you know what I mean, it was, it was ups and downs, you know, but when I got to like kilometer 17, I got started getting mad stitches up my stomach, and I was like, I never get stitches, you know, um, but I just started getting mad stitches, I don't know where it came from, and I said, okay, well look, we're just, we're going to hit this, we're at kilometer 17 and a half now, we're going to hit this milestone of our half marathon we're not going to fucking think about anything else now we're just going to just be in every stride until we get to that and that's it and then got to the half marathon mark then kept running on still at the still running every kilometer under five minutes and i was delighted with that you know what i mean but uh as i ticked up the kilometers like the wind that, that I was fighting against, um, like, you know, I was going up and down a route of about five and a half kilometers each. So the five and a half kilometers that I had the wind to my back, it didn't even feel like I had the wind to my back. It was so tiring because I had just done five and a half kilometers with the wind blowing in my face. I was so tired by the time I turned around that it was hard to, you know, capitalize on not having the wind um, in front of me. So... It was just a, it was just a, a real struggle, and it was a low. So many times I said to myself throughout that run, and I, I'll, I'll admit this straight up on this podcast, like because you know when you don't have these opportunities to question yourself and doubt yourself like this, you you, you don't, you're not as good at, at at overcoming them. You know what I mean? I kind of want these fucking doubts to come in because they're natural, they're normal things to come in, and I was like, oh man. Like, I don't know, did you choose the right day for this? This is really fucking windy. Like, you know, I was thinking at 10 kilometers, should we just stop up and we go for it again another day or whatever. But I just kept reminding myself, look, Connor, we're here to do our best 42 kilometers today. And that's it, man. 
You know what I mean? We're here to fucking try and knock it out the park in whatever way we can. And I knew it at, at kilometer 32, the way that I was slowing up. My stomach wasn't really playing ball. Playing ball. The wind was only picking up. That, look, I wasn't probably going to make the 312, right? And I said, look, instead of, instead of trying to fucking just, you know, hunt down this, or, or, or I suppose, like, just let, you know, whatever's going to happen, happen. What we're going to do is, if we are going, if success is going to be elusive for us that today, then we're not going to hand ourselves any of these successes throughout our whole life, Connor. We, we, we fucking set this para- parameter because we want more from ourselves. Like, my personal best was 3.30 before this, three, 3 hours and 30 minutes and 31 seconds, right? And so, you know, I was going to fucking do a PB anyway, right? And so it, it, it wasn't like something that, you know... I, I could have leaned back on it saying that, oh, look, you're going to get a PB anyway. But what I said was, look, let's not fucking hand ourselves a success of, of, you know, getting this PB. Let's fucking earn a failure of what our fucking PB was meant to be. So I, I had said it for 3.12, even though my best fucking time was 3.30 before that. That would have been knocking, you know, 18 minutes off of the time. I ended up knocking 14 minutes off the time. So for, for, you know, for want of the world, everybody was saying a huge success. To knock 14 minutes off your personal best is tremendous. And it is. But it was, a, it was a, just a, when, I, when I had reached the end of the marathon, it was just this wonderful feeling of an earned failure like you know and and I don't attach negativity to failure I don't and, and I'm gonna fail again like you know what I mean it's just the way I live my life now and I'm gonna I'm going to touch on that um you know when I really came to this point and knowing that I was going to taste failure a lot but I was going to also taste an awful lot of lessons along the way I said, I'm just going to earn the failure so that when I come to the end of it, whether I reach the parameter that I had set myself or not at the end of it, I'm still going to be happy with it because I knew I gave an honest effort and earned the failure, like, you know what I mean? And I really did. I really fucking did. You know? Um, I just gave it everything I fucking could and um and that was it like you know and uh look i ended up four minutes off my uh, off the time that i had wanted to go for it but jesus christ i fucking earned it i earned that fucking short coming like you know coming up short and earned it like you know so i i I was delighted with it at the same time you know so you know where that leaves me now like you know in the last the fucking the last couple of days have been a weird one i have never thought actually once about the um, you know, the, 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 this shortcoming, this failure of not reaching the 312, I didn't really think about it, like, I ne- I didn't give myself a hard time about it once, not once, because that's just, you know, that's a fucking earned failure, and that's what an earned failure does for, for you, like, if I had even, you know, if I had even taken the foot off the fucking pedal for a little bit, and, and did another minute even, you know what I mean, and, and, and was like 317 something, fuck it, like, you know, I'd have known I've taken the fucking foot off the brake at that time, or foot off the accelerator at that time, and it just, you know, that would sit uneasy with me, but Jesus Christ, I left it all out there, like, you know, and I can rest easy with that, what I've had a trouble with the last couple of days is, and this is, um, this is what this whole episode is about, it's about um, accountability and compassion, the balance of the two of those, the balance between 
you know, being accountable for yourself and showing yourself compassion. And the last couple of days have been a real kind of slowdown for me. Um, I haven't been as productive, you know, with the runners on and with the runners off. I, I haven't been as productive, you know, in my everyday life. I haven't been writing as much. I haven't been, you know, um, searching for, for new leads on, on, you know, on things to do. Um, I've just basically been fucking living every day, you know. I've been doing the upkeep of the house, you know, um, just splitting the upkeep of the house and... Uh, making dinners, getting water from from the spring, and um, there's a there's a water warning on the island. We can't drink the water out of the tap, so we have to go to a natural spring. Um, at the end of Crohan Mountain, um, in in Keem Keem Bay on Keem Beach, there's a there's a natural spring there. You can fill up your water bottles. Beautiful water, tastes stupendous. But had to go down there, fill up the water. You know, chopped up kindling for the fire for the next couple of nights and things. You know, things like that just are just normal everyday things. And I kind of almost, you know, at the end of it, I really thought about, okay, well, look, what what else do you need past those things? What other responsibilities do you have? And um, at the end of the day, I was like, okay, well, look, let's let's just uh, <laughs> let's just fucking live, you know, for the next couple of days, and let's be a bit more still, you know. So uh, that was what I was struggling with, was just actually slowing down a bit, like, you know, and that's where the compassion comes in, and really you have to kind of say, well, look, Connor, look, you know, you have to give yourself this time, and you, you like, I'm constantly still in this mode of wanting the best out of myself, even when I am resting, you know, I just want to have the best, get the best out of myself, but there's times when you just have to, when, when getting the best out of yourself is actually recuperating and recovering, you know what I mean, so... That's what I've been reflecting on the last couple of days. We're 25 minutes in. And um, I actually haven't really started the uh, the podcast um, title even yet. But what the podcast is going to be all about is... How compassion and accountability play a part in my life. And how also they have allowed me to dig a little deeper into myself and have allowed me, yeah, one, two, um, really dig deep through tough times in, in some of my external battles with, with ultra marathons and with, with tough times like that. But they've also led me, you know, to give my own sense of direction and my own sense of, of daily accountability. And um, I suppose having that that daily compassion for myself as well and, and understanding and coming at myself from this understanding point of view they can be quite um you know um they can be quite contradictory sometimes accountability and compassion and, and that's why I, I like to do them as the same episode because you know sometimes when we're like want to keep ourselves accountable to something we can really fucking give ourselves a hard time we can be our own fucking drill sergeant you know get the fuck about of bed what the fuck are you doing you shouldn't eat that body body blah do you know what I mean we can really go at ourselves so it's like it's about having that accountability that comes from within that comes from a place where it's not giving out to ourselves but merely just wanting the best for ourselves and from ourselves in our day-to-day lives you know what I mean just wanting the best for ourselves that's the accountability I'm talking about I'm not talking about ripping my fucking own head off here you know what I mean chatting balls to myself like just you know giving myself an awful time because I've done that so much in my past and it's never done me any good it never did me any good it only drove me further and further 
away from who I was and further, further into a way of life that I just fucking didn't want to be living. So I said, fuck that, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to keep myself accountable, but I'm not going to fucking, you know, I'm not going to berate myself, like, you know what I mean? So this is what I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through my own kind of sense of self-accountability and my own sense of compassion that I have for myself as well on the other side of it. You know, the marathon was an example of that. The marathon was an own, was an internal internal example of the the um, the accountability that I have to myself, and the accountability I have to myself is that nobody else knows how I feel. No one knows how tired I am, or whatever the case may be. Only me. So it's it's up to me to dictate what happens in this in this run. You know what I mean? And and being accountable to that, and knowing in my own heart of hearts that I've you know I've given it everything. Like you know what I mean? So. That was an example, but there are quite a few standout examples that, you know, really just fucking taught me an awful lot about, you know, that I was going to be accountable to myself and that 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 was going to transfer into my day-to-day life and I was going to make it easier for me because a lot of people are kind of say to myself, say, say, you know, in one way, how do you stay motivated? Now, you know my, my, my stance on motivation, you know, I don't think it's, you know, it's, it's, that's not what we should be aiming for. But what that question is also asking is, how are, you, how are you staying on doing what you're doing? How are you staying living the life that you've ch- chosen to live? Because it's not an easy one. It, it, it actually isn't an easy one you know, to, to constantly push the boundaries of your physical limits, to be constantly introspective and asking questions of yourself, and try to try and, you know, be more comfortable with yourself in your own skin and get to know yourself that bit more. It's fucking hard. You know what I mean? It is hard. It's like, how do you stay on that? Is what I think people are asking me. Is like, you know, yeah, I can do that for a couple of months or maybe a year, but fuck it, then I just start to fall off a bit. It, it, it does come from this self-accountability, from this fucking thing of like, yeah, I don't really care what other people are, are saying and doing or whatever. It's more, what the fuck does Connor want? What does Connor want from himself? And that's, a, that's basically the general question that I ask myself, you know, quite a lot. I remember one time during my 200-mile ultra marathon run, um, it was about 33 or 4 hours into this ultra marathon, and the, the organizer had come over to me and said, you know, are you going to make a go at finishing this thing? And I said, yeah. And he said to me, Look, if you need an extra hour or two to finish, like, we will, we'll hang on and we'll give you those, those hours. And I remember just walking away, you know, and, and, and jogging off with my dad to start my next loop and saying, we are not fucking taking an extra hour or an extra two hours. We came here to run 200 miles in under 60 hours. That was what the race is. That's what I fucking signed up for first day. I know he's saying out of the goodness of his heart that, you know, we will stay on for an extra hour or two. I said, we're not going to need that to happen because from fucking right now for the next 23 and a half hours, I am going to run to finish in 60 hours and that's it. And there is no other option out there. You know, the organizers of the race were kind of, you know, giving me a, a get off the hook and I... 
really respect where they were coming from in that. They wanted me to finish. They wanted the fruits of my labor to come out with this with this finish, but I wasn't looking for that external finish. You know what I mean? I wasn't looking for that fucking external. I wasn't looking for the trophy or the finisher's t-shirt. I wasn't looking for those things. I was looking for the victory from within myself. That's why I said, I don't care if they're giving me an extra hour or an extra two hours. I'm going to finish it in 60 hours because I don't care about, you know, whether it's a finish or not. Only that I want to finish what I started. And what I started was a 60-hour run. Not a 62-hour run, a 60-hour run. So... I held that in my mind throughout the next 23 and a half hours. I said it, I'd say a hundred times to myself as I went around the loops. I said, Connor, this is a 60 hour fucking run. We're going to do this in 60 hours and that's fucking it. Okay, we're going to do it in 60 hours because we, we know that we can do it and we're going to fucking keep accountable to ourselves. You know? And like, that's the thing, you know, a, a, a lot of, a lot of uh, things that we do in our lives can sometimes give us that, that, you know, get out of jail free card, that off the hook where, you know, oh, I know it's okay. And I just didn't want to take it. You know, I don't want to, I didn't want to take that. And I really fucking, like, I, I think the organizers are phenomenal of this race, like, you know what I mean? And they're just great people. And I understand completely where they were saying, they are like, look, we don't want two and a half days to go down the drain for the sake of an hour, we'd let you finish it, you know, and I respect where, where that's coming from, but for my own personal accountability, it was, it was, fuck it, I don't care actually really, I don't care about the finish in terms of, you know, getting in a, a, a finish, you, you know what I mean, I just, all I cared about was pulling what I could out of me to fucking finish what I started, that was it. Keeping myself accountable to, to fucking the Connor that signed up for the fucking race. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, so fuck it. I just said, yeah, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to, you know, to, to be off the hook for whatever reason and, and keep that accountability. And that, that leaning into self-accountability really does make, you know, made me really dig deep. Really dig deep. Because I knew there was, this was a pass-fail. You know, there was no fucking grey area here for me. It was a pass-fail. You either finish it in 60 hours or you don't finish it in 60 hours. That was, that was my mentality through this accountability. So with that, with that being accountable to myself, not even to the race organisers, not even to anybody else, only fucking me. It, was, it just allowed me to really dig into who the fuck are you, Connor? You know what I mean? What are you here for? Are you here for the validation? Are you here for the validation? Like you, you've been down this road before, man. You've been looking for external validation to make you feel good about yourself for fucking years. Are you here for this external validation of getting handed this trophy? Or are you here because you want better, you want more, and you want to see what's fucking under this level inside in you? What do you want? And I ask you, the listener here, like, what, what, whatever you want out of anything, it's, it should come from you. What do you want? You know? What do you want from, from your job, from your sporting endeavors, from your relationships? What do you want from it? 
do you want you know your bosses to think you're 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 good and and give you the pats on the back or do you want to just do a good job because that's who you fucking are you just do a good job you have pride in what you do you care about what you do and you care about you know your own extensions of who you are and you do, do you actually care about it you know i just do a good job you know because i want to do a good job not cuz my boss wants me to to do a good job and when you really fucking feed into that, right, when you feed into this thing of, I don't care who's looking over my shoulder or who's looking at the reports at the end of the week or the month on me, I care about, you know, I care about my own self-accountability, my own belief in myself. And that's what I've really fed into in the last two and a half years and what's really fucking kept me, you know, constantly, you know, really on this, on this journey. You know what I mean? This journey of self-discovery is like, I'm just going to fucking show up for myself, like, you know? I'm going to show up for myself and I'm going to give my honest effort and my honest best because I'm, I'm accountable to nobody else but me. And um, that was what happened in the 200-mile run and I ended up finishing in 59 hours and 45 minutes. Cut it fucking close. But I got it done. And if I had, if I had allowed myself to sink into this belief that I had an extra hour or two at the end, I don't think I would have finished in 59 hours and 45 minutes. I probably would have finished in 61 or 62 hours because I would have fed into this whole thing of, I mean, you know, it's, it's the race organizers and the people around me that I'm doing it for then, not me, you know, not me. But I, I wanted to just, I fucking wanted to do it because it's like, Connor, you're fucking, you've got it. Like, you know what I mean? You got this in you by, you're, you're fucking, you, you, you know you have what it takes. Just go out and do it, man. Don't worry about what anybody else is saying. Just go out and fucking do it, boy. You know, and that's what I would implore you guys to do is, you know, we don't. I don't want to clean up the kitchen because I think that my girlfriend is going to appreciate it. I clean up the kitchen because Connor appreciates it and Connor wants to do it and Connor likes having the kitchen clean and Connor believes that he deserves for the kitchen to be clean. You know? I don't cook dinners because you know it's it's something like I'm giving back to 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 my girlfriend. Yeah, we take turns in doing it. But what I'm doing it for all the time is yeah, I deserve to have this nutritious meal for myself, and I I also feel that I have the capabilities of doing these things. I have no reason not to do that, and not just fucking you know put on a fucking couple of slices of toast for dinner or you know, eat some fucking thing that I just pop in the microwave for two and a half minutes, I actually, you know, putting that effort into myself, that's that self-accountability coming out in everyday life, you know, if I get a job to do, if I get a talk to give, if I get something that, you know, that I need to put effort into, especially if I'm getting paid for it, I'm not necessarily doing it for the company, um, and I'm not giving, you know, everything into the talk for the company, I'm doing it because that's a representation of me. That's a representation of me, and that's that's me being accountable to myself. And with this, with this self-accountability, comes with it on the other end of the scale, this possibility of being hard on yourself and hard on myself. And I, I felt it time and time again. I only felt it in the last couple of days since the marathon finished, where we really have to feed into this this. Um, aspect of okay if we know that we are being accountable to ourselves and we have a very high level of self-accountability then we understand that you know there are times where we are human beings we're just human beings 
and we fucking, you know what I mean? We're never going to get it right 100% of the time. You know, I might um, send an email to a company and I might, you know, price myself out of a, a job, right? I might go, look, this is how much I do that the, I'll do this, you know, conference and things like that for. And they, they might not come back to me. They might not come back to me. I might have priced myself out of it, right? But instead of me going, fuck's sake, Connor, why didn't you do this and that and the other thing, you know, to get this job? You know, why didn't you research it a bit more so you know their budget and all this kind of stuff? You're never going to be able to know all these things anyway. That's the thing that I have to fucking realize. Like, when I when I look back at, th- at things like this and I go, oh, look, you priced yourself out of that there, whatever the case would be. I have to be compassionate and go, look, I'm fucking human. I'm learning. I'm learning every day. I'm learning these things. You know, and there's going to be days when I don't do that anymore. You know? There are going to be days when I don't do that anymore. And there's going to be days when, you know, I'm able to get all of these things right and all lined up and in order. But look, you you win some, you lose some in this kind of a thing. You just give your best effort to it. And and when I when I hold myself accountable to these things where, you know, cer- certain things like that don't 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 play out, don't pan out. I have to realize that, you know, I'm giving myself an, an an honest effort here and an honest, you know, I'm honestly forthcoming with what I'm doing. So with this self-accountability comes that compassion as well. And, and look, you know, there's been multiple other times where I've had to really dig into that accountability to dig deep, to really like go against all of the fucking voices inside of my head that say stop, no more, you know what I mean? We can't do it. I remember in the patio run, I, I talked about this in 100 Miles and Running, the podcast episode, 100 Miles and Running. I talked about the patio, the patio run, you know, and I talked specifically about the last two hours of that run, which were absolute dog shit, boys. Oh, my God. Boys and gals, like, if you'd seen me, like, you know, it was just, I was torturous, like, you know. Um, the last two hours, I was, I was vomiting into flower beds, sporadically couldn't take anything in couldn't you know eat anything even drinking things it was coming back up again i had really bad sunstroke and um, i was sunburned on the back of my calves and my neck and my my arms it's just in really really bad way and right then and there i thought to myself look you know i thought two contradictory thoughts right i said if you were to stop no connor nobody would think that you're weak, nobody would think that you're a failure, nobody would think that, you know, you're a quitter, right, so I thought, I said, I I remember saying that to myself in my own mind, and then I I said to myself, well, look, has this been about everybody else, (laughs) you know, what we're doing with with the last two years, has this been for everybody else, has it been for everybody else? Am I able to, you know, let myself off the hook, let's say, because I think everybody else is going to be grand with it? You know, what do you think about it, Connor? What do you think about what you're doing right now? And honestly, can you keep going? Regardless of what other people are going to think about whether you stop or not, you know, what do you think? You know, what do you think about it? Like, do you, do you think that you could keep going? Do you think that you could stay running? And I thought about that. I, I said, okay, well, yeah, no, I, I don't, don't, it doesn't matter to me whether people think I'm, you know, a success or a failure in what I'm doing here. It doesn't matter to me. 
what does matter to you then Connor um, my own ability to get an honest effort out of myself and to be accountable to me and me only well look you've answered yourself that question you know you answered that question for yourself so so we're going to keep going because that's what we believe we believe we can and we believe that we are going to hold ourselves to the standard of finishing and that's where that comes from you know that's where this ability to keep on this journey comes from is this 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 constant endeavor to get an honest effort out of myself you know have that self accountability nothing to do with what my dad is going to think if i stop or my friends or the wider following of the page that doesn't matter and i was so open and honest about my shortcomings in the marathon my failure in the marathon in my in my pb attempt you know i set the bar high and it was just that bit too high that time and fuck it i don't care if people thought you know he fucking failed or or whatever the case would be because i'm the first person that would that comes out and says that because it doesn't it doesn't bother me if people think that I'm good or that I'm, you know, this, that, and the other, what 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 matters to me is, can Connor look in himself in the mirror at the end of the day and go, "Fuck it, man, you gave it, you gave it socks, you gave it everything, you did what you could," and and and, and I could, you know what I mean? So I'm not going to be dictated by the outside. This is the inside, and and this is this is me. This is my own self accountability. So. Yeah. And and what that does, what that does is twofold. When you're in a, a predicament or you're in a situation where you have to do something, let's say you're you've got an exam and you want to pull a last fucking ditch effort of of a, a just a, a final bit of study on the exam, right? Can sometimes be very, very tough. I know myself, homies, you know what I mean? I've been true enough of them. Where the ability to to really pull something out of you that, that might not even necessarily be there in your own mind at the start. Something to pull something out of you. It comes from self-accountability. Um a story of a story of my my own college life actually that uh is very, very interesting is um in twenty thirteen I had quite a few I had quite a few uh disappointing things happen right so i as you may know from listening to the previous episodes of the podcast that uh, i fought for an irish title in 2013 i got knocked out in the last minute of the last round of the fight knocked unconscious and a couple of weeks later a five-year relationship of mine broke down and um, she broke up with me and you know they say these things come in threes and i was kind of waiting for a third thing to happen i was fucking really down about all of this stuff you know to be fair and then i broke my arm <laughs> i broke my arm arm wrestling my friend in a bar on new year's fucking eve broke my fucking humerus and i broke it in a spiral fracture so what a spiral fracture is it's like someone got the two heads of my humorous muscle and just twisted them in opposite directions until they snapped 
and uh, that's basically what happened and my god was it a bad break and um when i got the x-rays done the consultant said look you can't really do fuck all because um (laughs) the way the break has happened it's very very close to your radial nerve and if you cut that you could lose the feeling in your arm and hand for a year and a half, if not, like, for the rest of your fucking life, which was like, I was like, oh, that's kind of fucked up, I don't want that to happen. So I really had to be very, you know, inactive. So at that time, I actually decided, I'm going to drop out of college. (laughs) That's that's the way my mind was working back then. I didn't see anything, you know, coming, any, any goodness coming from my life at that time. Now, all of these things that we're talking about, you know, all these these things separately are fairly, you know, they're fucking heavy enough blows. They're not, you know, huge magnitude of, of the blows that could happen. No one died, you know. My life was going to continue. But uh, I couldn't see that at that time, you know what I mean? And I, and I really, really sat into the shit, you know. I sat into the fucking shit of it all. And I said to my folks, I'm dropping out of college, like, I'm, I'm fucking done. You know, I'm not going back to college. Um, just I can't do it. I'm I'm gonna fucking try and figure out something, but I'm not going back to college. And I think my parents were in such a fucking way back then. They were they were they, were, they knew I was in such a fragile mental mental state that they were like, okay, fair enough. And I stayed out of school for about two months, and I remember sitting out it was very very long was it two months probably a month and a half and i remember looking at my mother in the kitchen i was sitting down watching tv um the best thing on at that time was dr phil and i fucking hate dr phil so i was like fuck this turn off the tv fucking don't want to watch dr phil and i looked over at my mother and i said Ma'am, um, will you drop me into college? Because um, I'm going to finish my degree. <laughs> and, you know, there was no big, you know, fucking fanfare. It was just, okay, yeah, get get your things together there. I'll drop you in. And um, she dropped me into college. Um, I contacted a few of my friends to get all the notes and stuff that I had missed, all of the different tutorial notes and everything that I had missed books that I should be getting and I had about two months left um until until the exams I was completely out of whack with everything that was happening in my classes so I was you know going to the lectures to try and keep up with lectures and I just piled up all of these notes that I had gotten from everybody and I was looking at this stack of notes and uh you know, I said to myself, like, what's what's step number one? <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the first step? What's the first page? And that's, and that's what I did. I just broke it down to the first step of probably a thousand steps. What's the first thing we have to do? And I just made a plan to, to do day one. And I think I did about 12 or 14 hours of work that day. And I continued in that vein for the next two months. Getting up early, going to bed late, just studying, working hard. And where all that came from was on that couch. Yeah, I joke about, look, there was nothing good on TV. But on that couch, when I was flicking through the shit TV, I saw the rest of my fucking life. 
I saw the rest of my fucking life. I saw, I said, like, this, this, this is this fucking mediocrity of watching fucking shit daytime television and just fucking feeling shit about myself. And that self-accountability within myself said, Connor, you are so much fucking better than this shit, like. And that's it. I went into college, studied hard for two years, got an honors law degree at the end of it. And, um... When I opened up my results and I gotten such a good result, I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm not lucky. <laughs> I'm not lucky to get this fucking result. I'm, you know what I mean? I, I fucking gave it everything. Yeah, I faltered. I'll hold my fucking hands up. I faltered. I gave up. I quit. You know, I fucking life was, life was fucking doing a fucking dog pile on top of me. It was jumping up on top of me. I could barely fucking breathe. And I said, yeah, you know what? Fuck this being your life, Connor. Fuck this being your life. You know? I don't want that to be my life. And I just... I, I, I got myself together. And, and did what I needed to do. And... Uh, you know... Life has a way of taking some things like that away from you. And... Um, soon after I got my degree... I suffered another huge blow in Thai boxing. Uh, which sent me into another whirlwind of fucking... You know? Self-fucking-loathing. Self-hatred. Leaning on alcohol... Changing up my lifestyle completely, stopped training, um, and led myself down down the road of, you know, partying and drinking and smoking and doing all the shit that I shouldn't be doing, you know. So, you know, our lives have ways sometimes of coming in and fucking shattering things for us. And, and I've just been trying to build that through this compassion that I have for myself and, you know, my own self-accountability. And... Right now, in my day-to-day, what my self-accountability is doing for me is it's giving me structure where there's absolutely no routine now. There's fuck-all routine, you know. You're not going places, meeting people, you know. You're not doing those things that you usually do. There's no real structure. The weekend days and the weekdays are just blended into fucking one. There's no difference. There's no structure, no routine, there's, and there's nothing but uncertainty. And where my self-accountability comes in in that regard is it just gives me fucking... You know, accountability to myself each day to, you know, to give myself a structure to the day. And then where the compassion comes in is, it really came in in the last couple of days when I didn't have as much work to do. I had to take a rest from training. I couldn't be fucking training myself to death because I'd I'd be overtraining and get myself injured. So I had to take that break and I had to, and yet again, uh, that was yet again giving me this opportunity to have a look inside you know, and, and, and fall back on this compassion that I have for myself, and to know that, yeah, I am accountable to myself, and I ask the best for myself, but at the end of the day, I'm human, I'm going to make mistakes, I'm going to come up short, I'm going to fail at things, you know, so we have to have, have to have both of those things, you know, um, it, it, you know, in, in the peripheral view, you know what I mean, we all, always have to know that we are fucking human beings at the end of the day, and what the what the balance, and this is the whole crux of the whole thing is, what the balance between accountability and compassion have given me is something that I call the author state. So I am in the author state in my life. And what the author state is, is that I, I, I'm not only the author of my internal dialogue, Right, how I speak to myself and how I think about myself. I'm not only the author of that, but I'm also the, the author of each 
major chapter of my life. You know, I decide what happens in these chapters for most of the time. And I also decide how I view these chapters in the future and how I will view, you know, what I have done up until now. I choose that. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning. As I said, the last couple of days, I really fucking forgot about the compassionate side and even my accountability side. And I didn't work as much, you know, on certain things that I maybe should have. So the accountability and compassion sometimes dips and you have to, you know, re refocus. And every time you refocus and you get, you know, a, an opportunity to, to, you know, to, to fixate on those things again, you become stronger and better at it. So I'm in that author state and that's the day to day. I am the author of the day. I'm the author of this hour. I'm the author of, you know, what happens now for me. And the world can come in and start writing shit down and fuck things up and can really fucking, you know, can sideline you. And sometimes it might not even be an ex- an, an external thing. So like, you miss a fucking important boss or a fucking, you know, a meeting or a fucking, you know, you were meant to Zoom call at 10 o'clock and it's fucking 10.24 and you completely forgot about it. And, or, or you know, something happens to someone you love. Something happens to you. You fucking break your fucking arm like I did. Or you, your fucking girlfriend breaks up with you. Your boyfriend breaks up with you. You have a major fucking loss in a sporting uh, uh, event or arena. You lose a load of money. You know, you lose a fucking contract in work and your fucking boss is killing you. Loads of these things happen. And they take the pen away from us at times. You know, they take the pen away from us and we're not the author anymore. It's letting it run. But what... I suppose I'm searching for at, at, at you know throughout my life is the ability to take that take that pen back. So I'm going to take that pen back from life, and life isn't going to fucking dictate what I do or how I think. You know, I am the author. I'm the fucking author of this book of my life, and I am the author of each day that I live. So, I want to be in this author state, and I I will be in this author state. And life can come in and try and take that pen from me, and try and rewrite loads of different shit. But I am in the author state, and that's what I want to want you guys maybe to look at th- today. Is you know, let's fucking flip that script around and go. Okay, you know, am I being dictated by the outside? Am I being fucking dictated by certain things? You know, like I don't fucking want to. You know. Do, do fucking Pilates. I don't fucking want to do Pilates because it's fucking, it just m- m- fucking makes you feel fucking shitty or whatever the case and be, you know, whatever. You know, I don't, I don't like fucking doing this. I, I, you know, I'm doing this because this person fucking told me to do it. I'd much rather to be out fucking hiking on a mountain or something like that. Fucking then do that then. You know what I mean? No dissing Pilates. Fucking love Pilates. Actually use it in my training all the time, so... Maybe that was a bad example because Pilates is class. But but anyway, like if you're doing something, you know, and you're doing it because you think like um like I I know that this ties in as well with with image. Um a lot of people are doing things to their bodies, homies. And it's like it's not for their own sense of self. It's not for themselves. 
you know there's guys out there sticking needles in their bum bum you know taking steroids to pump up their fucking muscles not not really you know knowing or caring what that's actually doing to their bodies you know there are there are women and girls out there and look i can be i can stand corrected here that are putting plastic into themselves they're putting plastic into their faces they're changing the way their face looks you know they're changing their lips and their cheeks and their nose their bums and their boobs and they're changing all of these things about themselves and you know what i mean so both men and women are are guilty of doing these things and you know i'm sure that there's there's guys out there that are putting you know different fillers into their faces or um you know restructuring their jaws or you know doing all of these things you'd be surprised there's no nose jobs on you'd be surprised what what people are actually doing you know on, on the on the surface level right and i really just i I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers at people here look the, these are people's bodies they are able to do whatever they want with them because like i you know i go out and i run 150 miles or whatever the fuck it is people are like that's really bad for you really bad for your joints really bad for your cartilage and your knees and you know really bad for your hips and all this kind of stuff and it's bad for your brain to be up that for that many hours i'll hold my hands up 100 percent, it is 100 percent, and that's what i choose to do with my body but i choose to do that with my body because of me because it's it's coming from within me and I, I, I don't know whether it's not coming from within these people. I really don't. But it might it might be something that, you know, um it might be lending itself to to what other people think of them, you know. Um so yeah, I, I look I I just really you know, the thing about it is, um, as I grow through life and I and as I go through my life and times, I'm far more accepting of myself. You know, I'm far more accepting of who I am, like, and who I'm not as well. Like, I'm far more accepting of my body. I, I like, I, I really do want to do a podcast on on eating and body image, because fuck it, lads, I've had such a terrible body image of myself in the past. And yeah, like when I was a chubby, overweight kid and teenager, and while I was at a top level athlete, where with fucking with little to no body fat. I still picked everything out about my body. I didn't like the way my spine looked because I had a, a spinal curvature and, you know, my posture was all off. Like, I gave myself such a bad time about all of those things. And through my life, you know, in the last couple of years, I've really just kind of said, yeah, Connor, you know, you're actually fucking grand. Like, you know what I mean? You're actually, like, look what your body is able to do for you every day. You know, it's able to walk around the house. It's able to fucking chop wood. It's able to go get the water that you need. It's able to go do all of these things for you. You know, regardless of all the running and all that type of stuff, it allows me to live. And I've really leaned into that love for myself and that love for my own body. And and the more I look at that, the more I love and accept other people's person, you know, their own person, their 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 bodily form and their personality you know what i mean and i think that's one of the reasons why i was able to actually you know be into a be in a relationship as well like you know um and and i talk about this in the games we play i'm definitely going to do a games we play part two so i'm not going to talk too much about this but part of you know being able to actually be in a relationship was that i was accepting things about myself that led me to accept every other facet of the person that i'm with you know, and accept that they have their own flaws and they have their own, um, you know, parts of them that they're not as as comfortable with. 
And, you know, that's what kind of, I suppose, leads me to accept other aspects. And so when I look at other people now, I'm just really, I really do love seeing the beautiful side in everybody. You know, um, and I, I just, I really do, and that's why I, that's why I do personally sometimes look, look at the people that have a lot of work done to their face and their bodies, and kind of think, wow, you know, you, you don't like. I, I suppose, look, if it, it might make them feel good, for, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, you know, I can't get inside in these people's heads, but I just, I just feel like sometimes, you know, you know, you were, you, you were, you were beautiful, like you know, you were beautiful the way you were. And and that's that's all that matters, you know what I mean? Because the human the human form is a beautiful thing, you know. Um, but yeah, if we are accountable to ourselves and and compassionate to ourselves, then I think we can be accepting of ourselves too, you know, and accept every facet, the physical and the the emotional and spiritual as well. So we're just going up to the hour and five minute mark. So I'm going to end. I'm going to end here. Um, have a great Valentine's Day, whether you feel like it's made up or not, it is, and so is nearly everything else, even the words that I'm using right now, so enjoy the day, fucking make what you can of it, do you know what I mean, it's, it's, it's up to the way you view it, just like everything else in your life, it's up to the way you view it and the way you perceive it, so enjoy the day, um, really, you know, really enjoy making these podcasts, and, and they're not going anywhere either, I'm, I'm going to continue to do so, so um, as always, now, happy Valentine's Day and and peace and love to each and every one of you. Khan.